Regina, uh, are you sure you want to serve eviction notices to the entire town right before Christmas? Don't I look like I'm sure? The marching does kind of give it away. Uh, well, if I may. Pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Palindrome Hannah Rogers. How's it going, Hannah? Uh, I think I found the Christmas spirit because I watched so many Hallmark-esque Christmas movies. I don't think I have a choice now. Hallmark-esque. <laughs> Hallmark-esque. Yeah. Um, it's. I, I've been watching some myself. Um, I, I would like. I could just be macho and be like, yeah, just because I'm going to watch the show. But no, I watch stupid goofy christmas movies too so um we did this show before kind of well yeah but you know like things change people change hallmark <laughs> movies do change apparently a little bit um a little bit and then not at all and then i, I have so yeah, many thoughts yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, so we're just gonna i guess keep doing this every couple of years yeah. until so this is a sequel yeah. to our cheesy christmas movies special from two years ago uh regular listeners will notice that Neither Katya or Wayne are here because it is literally impossible for them to care less about this topic than they do um, because there are a couple of Grinches and sad and broken inside. So, <laughs> so you brought- I mean, I was I was a Grinch about like Thanksgiving. So, you know, <laughs> true, true. But anyway, so you brought guests. I did bring guests. So um, if you remember uh, longtime listeners from two years ago. I somehow convinced my sister to be on the show and she didn't hate it. So she's back again. So, hey, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hey. Welcome back. Thanks. Happy to be here. Merry Christmas or Thanksgiving or time. I don't know. Listen to our last show where we talk about the weirdness of the winter holidays. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Happy March. Yes. Um, And and Mary also brought someone with her Mm -hmm. into this virtual space. So returning guest. My husband, Charlie. Hello. Hey, Charlie. Welcome back. You, you've been you, you weren't on the last Christmas cheesy Christmas special, but you were you've been on the show before. So welcome back. Thank you so much. And also because apparently this is just. Oh, is that Winnie? Yeah, yes. that's Winnie. Winnie also yeah. says hello, apparently. She loves Winnie Christmas movies. Oh, wonderful. Um, and uh, also because I just decided that my whole family should be on the show. I brought Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, everyone. Josh, good to be back. welcome back. I, I have to thank you. I have to thank Josh in, in particular. Um, and we'll get to more specifics later on in the episode. But the way this episode came about is Hannah said she wanted to do this again. And um, obviously, like I said, Wayne and Katya, we're not going to watch any Christmas movies because they're horrible people. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> but but I was willing to watch them. She was willing to watch them. She said she was going to make you watch them. And then you were taking turns, apparently. And she and she texts me and she says, well, Josh picked uh, the Dolly Parton Christmas movie next. So I'm going to watch that next. And I said, OK, I'll watch it later tonight. 
And I have to thank you, Josh, for bringing Dolly Parton's Christmas at the Square into my life. This is the I love this movie. This is the greatest movie. <laughs> it's such a roller coaster. Of a movie. It's so messed up. It's it like it's like the most messed up of all of these films we're going to talk about yeah. today. And there's some really like messed up movies. I, I see. Okay, yeah, I so say this, I say this as a Dolly Parton fan too. It's, it's like I feel. Like, yeah, I can't. I feel like I can't critique Dolly Parton. We shouldn't. But well, that's also, exactly. And again, I don't want to get into the plot yet. We're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of spoilers in this episode for move for movies that like a lot of our listeners are never gonna try to listen to watch. But you should. But without spoiling Christmas at the Square yet. Um, it is screwy and fucked up and weird. And like, as I was watching it, I was like, this is bizarre. I don't know if I like this. And then once it was over, I was just thinking, well, Dolly Parton made this. And so she must like it. So clearly my idea of what's good and not was wrong. So I had to like reevaluate myself. And now I'm, I'm ready to dedicate the rest of this show tonight in all future episodes, my entire academic career, and perhaps the rest of my life to just analyzing this one film, the greatest piece of literature ever devised. <laughs> there are so many layers. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. It's so, it's, it's such a good thing we're doing a musical episode and a Christmas Carol episode. Yeah. There's, there's so much going on and we'll get to it later, but it's just, I, I, I was just watching and, and then um, Stephanie came in like five. No, she came in at the very beginning, like one minute in. And then she's like, is this all a musical? And I was like, I don't know. Josh said we had to watch it. She's like, all right. So she sat down and then she's like, this is bad. And then she started doing something else. And then like on her computer. And then I looked over and she wasn't on her computer anymore. She was just looking at, you know, it was we were mesmerized. It was that was an event to just watch that I, <laughs> and absorb. I truly think I truly think that in 50 years, this will be appraised with the best of Ed Wood's films. I, I, oh. Maybe next to Tolstoy. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it was hey, something. Uh, before, before we uh, get to what a cheesy Christmas movie movie is, because I think we should start there. I do have to say for Mary and Charlie and listeners who are like, what is this? Um, it stars Christine Baranski of Mamma Mia fame. And I know she does other things, but she is, will always be, um, mm-hmm. her biggest role will be Mamma Mia for me. Um, and Dolly Parton appears, um, and like wrote all the songs and it's just, but we wow. should do it last. Okay. Cause I, cause I want to, yes. I, I want to evaluate that, you know, again, we're, this is going to be this movie's going to be with us for years, if not decades. So, in the, so I want to evaluate it tonight in context of the other cheesy Christmas movies that we're going to watch. So we should talk about all the other ones first because we watched a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, especially me who had better things to do her time probably, but chose not to. Um, um. So, what is a cheesy Christmas movie? Um. What What are some of the tropes? Just like name them. Go. I, out of trouble with it. What do you guys think? Uh, well, there, there's always a family. See, and that's kind of okay. So, for me, when when we first came up with this two years ago, my idea of the cheesy Christmas movie was just you know it was the one that was in Mary. You were there. It was like the one that was on Lifetime. There's a couple who falls in love, arguing over over a Christmas tree. They probably both have dogs. Um, it's a extremely low stakes and formulaic um, rom-com and you have to magically end up together at the end because Christmas and the power of Christmas and love or something 
It's very vague. And you're not supposed to think you're just supposed to feel good watching, you know, the, oh, there's probably a ridiculously simple argument that could have been solved with, you know, a 10 second conversation that breaks them up for like five, 10 minutes in the middle of the movie. But but other than that, Christmas saves the day and everybody gets to feel warm and fuzzy at the end. That's Chris. That's cheesy Christmas movie to me. Yeah. Yes. But also sometimes they're so like nice. Mm-hmm. That there isn't even a miscommunication to break up over. <laughs> like this is like what we're looking at. Like there, there's there's always a family. There's usually a couple, and then there's a lot of time devoted toward nice people doing nice things for other people just because they're nice. Because Christmas, yes. Because Christmas. <laughs> You're forgetting the snow scene. The scene where like oh, the snow yes, magically snow. appears and makes everything better. Oh, probably near a gazebo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the gazebo is actually extremely important. Um, you're not going to mention the carousels. Um, there are two. There are two carousel mo- Christmas movies this year. Josh is just very interested in this fact. Oh, and there's sometimes time travel. Usually, um, a royal family makes yeah. appearance. There's been an increasing amount of time travel. Royal families, um, probably probably one of the people is like very well to do and rich, if not actual royalty, and the other person is, you know more not not necessarily down on their luck they're like a you know they're like a baker with a heart of gold or you know or an innkeeper with a heart of gold or perhaps a carpenter with a heart of gold you know it's just very very simple down to earth regular people jobs oh um also there is always a baking scene or like a hot cocoa scene mm-hmm. and there's a ridiculously cute kid whose job is to whose job it is to just be cute and like say insightful things bonus points if the kid is handicapped like Tiny Tim. <laughs> yes. So, a lot of tropes. Charlie, yes. Mary, any, any we missed? I think that covers them. <laughs> Maybe like a oh, special yes. surprise gift that you get before Christmas, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm. Which may or may not be magic. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> we can also have to remember the oddball Christmas films like Die Hard. No, that's not what this episode is about. Own. No, that's not. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't take our arguments into they the They reinvent public. the genre. <laughs> Ugh, we aren't, but that's the thing yeah, we're not talking the about. Bombs? Where are the bombs? <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Thank you He's for derailing this. Die Hard. She thanks me. Just throw um, that out there. I, it's, I've never seen Die Hard. Also, I've seen all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I don't need to see Die Hard. Exactly. Right. Just told me. You're so wrong. Die Hard's so good. But no, but, but, diff- but different. Yeah, it's related. But different kind of different kind of Christmas movie. Um, arguably a better kind of Christmas no. movie, but not as, but not as heartwarming. No, no, I'm, no, no. no. There, we, I watched a lot of crappy movies this week. <laughs> watched a lot okay. of really okay, garbage <laughs> Let's okay, let's begin with last year's starring film, uh, The Night Before Christmas. Yes. Which for those of you who have not watched, is literally about a time traveling knight who is very nice. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I think they were kind of going for like the Lancelot thing, minus the, you know, whole like adultery thing. Um, and they and he gets sent into the future by an old crone, which he could repeatedly calls her an old crone, and it's very amusing. I say, old crone. Yes, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so he gets sent into the future where he meets Vanessa Hudgens, who is only playing one character this time, who has been goodness. cheated on by her boyfriend. Oh, and oh, so doesn't believe in like a true love anymore, but by being kind and baking bread with her with King Arthur flour, mm-hmm. literally in the movie. She learns to love again after like 48 hours with him. And he learns that the true quest is love. And then a bunch of nice things happen and not 
very much action, action unless you count like him stopping a pickpocket. Well, no, actually, there's a surprise. I thought there was a surprising amount of action for a cheesy Christmas movie. I mean, yes. he does. Oh, no, sure. Sir yeah. Cole saves the damsel in distress. He saves the damsel in distress. <laughs> he he stops that. You know, he stops a pickpocket. He risks his life on a frozen river that was there all of a sudden. Um, Summons the old crone repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. There's. I mean, there was a lot of. This was. This was a. This was a fair amount of. I mean, it, again, it's not Die Hard. It's not Star Wars. It's not. It's. It's not that kind of movie. It's certainly not an action movie. But for for most of these films, which for the most part film in clearly in one week on the same set you know, in Toronto. In Toronto. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. I mean, it was. It, it was surprisingly ambitious. I thought. Well, Charlie, you're the closest to the time period of study of all of us. What are your thoughts? Well, I was I was just thinking that um, I'm going to be honest. It's been a year since I've seen this. Movie. You mean you didn't rewatch? I didn't rewatch <laughs> it, and I think it really it really goes back to our sort of trope conversation at the beginning here because. All I could remember was Old Crone. That is all that stuck with me. I remember laughing. I remember enjoying it moderately. I remember laughing out loud when he calls people Old Crone over and over. And um, that's that's the impression that that movie left on me. In fact, How? I almost How? get it a little bit confused with the Princess Switch one. See, and I find that amazing because because you, you did have like sort of a disparaging sigh when we got to and starring Vanessa Hudgens the current queen of Christmas movies, at least oh, as far as Netflix is concerned. Well, you know, Netflix is letting her produce some of them. So. As we discussed, I believe, on on the previous episode, um, there are certain actresses who have just taken it upon themselves to build their entire career starring in Christmas films. Danica McKellar, my girlfriend, is um, one of them. <laughs> and and also um, Allison Sweeney of Days of Our Lives. She does a bunch of them, um, usually with baking. And now it, it appears Vanessa Hudgens is going in that direction. So let me just be clear about my disparaging sigh about Vanessa Hudgens. It's not Vanessa Hudgens. I, I don't. I mean, who doesn't like High School Musical? Uh, I love Gabriela Montez. I grew up like <laughs> almost sort of in love with Gabriela Montez. I'm just a little too old for this. Yes, I'm way too old for this. <laughs> oh well, there we go. I'm, I'm dating myself. Um, but it's the uh, it's the Princess Switch. It's the horrible, horrible accents and and just okay. the cringeworthy accents that kill. She sounds me. just like everybody from Aldovia or wherever she's from. They're not yeah. the worst accents I've ever heard. First of all, secondly, what is what is a Christmas movie without a bad accent? <laughs> If you don't like that movie, then Kristen Princess Switch 2 this year featured 33% for Vanessa Hudgens. Yes, and it was great. Well, and that I, I did, that's the one that really got me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I guess we've moved on from the greatest movie ever, The Night Before Christmas. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Okay, well, why, why is Night Before Christmas superior to Princess Switch franchise? And then we, we can sort of segue the conversation. How about that? Uh, okay, fine. Well, one, the greatest pun to ever be made has been made. And two, it's just nice people doing nice things for each other. Like, even like the villain, the mean kind of girl next door, when she realizes that Sir Cole is like super into Vanessa Hudgens' character, 
She's like, oh, yeah, you should whistle to on someone where it means something. And yeah, it's that just was nice. It's just nice. It's just like a nice break. You know, like the world is full of people who like won't even wear masks right now. And you know what? Everybody in that town would wear a mask. You just know. <laughs> I agree. And I'm not going to say yeah, I didn't sure. like that. I, I like the movie, by the way. I, I did enjoy the movie. It was nice and sweet. I don't know that I could recommend it to people. It is a movie that doesn't lack plot. It does have a plot. It almost entirely lacks conflict. Like the conflict is he's not sure how to get home, but it's immediately evident that he will get home. Like, like literally from the first scene, it's like, I'm sending you on a quest. If you figure out the quest, you can come back home. And it's like true love. The quest is true love. This quest that is obviously is true why, love. Yeah, that is why <laughs> these movies were made for this time. This is like their moment. Nine, like quite literally. Okay, we can move. We can move on. To, to your point, map, it felt like a hokier um, enchanted. Okay. <laughs> a hokier Christmas enchanted without yeah. the fun music. And Patrick Dempsey. Okay, Patrick Dempsey's not as great as a nameless actor who is confused by Alexa. And also, Idina Menzel doesn't get to sing in Enchanted, and that's very disappointing to some of us. True. Yes. Um, also, if you're looking for the Enchanted ripoff, Google Godmother, the trailer for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I have it. Anyway. I but anyway, that, okay, so... That, yeah. So, so but Vanessa Hudgens... This is her secondary franchise, it appears, because clearly Night Before Christmas sets up a sequel in the in the final scene. Yeah. Like So because that's the world that Netflix has taken us to where we are franchising these movies. So now we've got now we talked about Princess Switch on our episode two years ago, and I thought it was delightful. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. So now we have Princess Switch two switched again. <laughs> it was even so delightful. No. Uh, Mary, you gave the Princess Switch on our last episode 11 out of 10. What do you give the Princess to? Okay. Oh, that's tough. I think this one might get a 9 out of 10. Nine. Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought Princess Switch 1 was better. Why? Because I feel like with Princess Switch 2, like, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Versus like Princess Switch 1, it was like, oh my gosh, how is this all going to work out? How is this all going to tie together? But like, I knew that Baker Man and Margaret, what's his name? It's Kevin, but I like Baker Man. Baker Man's Kevin. <laughs> Kevin and Margaret were obviously still in love and we're going to end up together. Well, I mean, to be fair, you can say that about any uh, of these movies that you kind of will, you know, that will be okay. Like, we'll get to this movie in a, in a bit, but the Christmas house, there's a plot line where an actor is torn between his job and like saving the TV show and the love of his life with who he's got a second chance. And Josh is like, wait, he's going to abandon his cast and crew. He's like, nah, they're going to move the show to New York. So he'll be able to have both of them once. And guess what? It did. They moved the entire, so he uprooted like yeah. a, a thousand people from their lives yeah. and families so that he could go get laid. But it's, it's Hallmark, you know, it's Hallmark. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, back to the, for the Princess Switch 2, I actually liked it better because I thought it was like an actual attempt at non-dramatically having people be in adult relationships and show some of the problems with like long distance and also like marriage isn't just happily ever after. And also, unlike the Christmas Prince franchise, which is also an, a Netflix bit, which went from the first movie to Royal Wedding to Royal Baby, like the Princess Switch to, like franchise doesn't just jump to 
uh, Stacy and Edward suddenly just like having a kid. They're like navigating how to balance their responsibilities and work with being a couple, which I think despite not being, you know, royalty, a lot of people have to figure out once they're together. Okay. I will agree with you. So here was my thing. When we asked Mary, you said nine out of 10. And I, I, I think, I don't know that I'd give either, either of them 11 out of 10. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that I agree with her in that I think Princess Switch 1, for me, was a better movie. It had more of a story. It was more engaging. Like, stuff happened that, as unbelievable as it was, made sense. Princess Switch 2 had far more character development. And I found I was more engaged in them as people. The plot of Princess Switch 2 is farcical and ridiculous because my main problem with Princess Switch 2 is um, the Vanessa Hudgens. I should I should use. um, Sorry, Stacy, you know, the American princess. Right. She doesn't tell her husband, the prince, that they're switching places again. They tell everybody else in the movie. But they don't tell him because if they did tell him, then there'd be no confusion and the movie couldn't happen. That's like the reason. And and, and but, but he doesn't get mad about it. Right. Which is a nice change of pace, actually. I mean, like maybe he should be a little mad about it, but maybe be. not given the circumstances <laughs> of finding out how they switch. So maybe not. But it's a nice change of pace for like Grey's Anatomy, where it's like, sure, I want to kill you because the writers said so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like that they had marital problems. I liked that, um, that the other couple had relationship problems. I liked that they were working through things. Um, and I, and I mean, marital problems and I mean, it's not like it's horrible. They're just, you know, they're a new couple who's been married for a year and they're working shit out, you know, and, and like, you know, it's like, Oh, the honeymoon period's over and maybe we don't have as much time for each other as we thought. And, you know, like, I'm fine with that. Like that was actually interesting to see. I wish there was a plot that didn't rely on just massive stupidity for like, I was, I'm okay with the kidnapping plot was interesting, right? There's a whole kidnapping plot. Cause there's a third switch going on and that's like fine. It was goofy, but it was fine. I didn't like that the entire reason that she doesn't tell him is because she's like, she never explains it. And then she was like, well, you'd be mad, but he wasn't. And I don't know why you think that. And it was just like, just say, look, our friends are having problems because they didn't need to switch places. They just needed to, you know, I'm going to pretend to be her so that, you know, they can get some alone time. And that's a two second conversation. And he'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. So that didn't happen. And I get that it didn't happen because the plot needed to happen. And but like that said, write a better plot then. But I was far more engaged in the character. So I'm torn as to which one I liked better. Oh, I'm not torn at all. Really? Okay, Charlie, you can can say your piece. The sequel is like maybe a three out of ten. The princess switched. Get out of here. (laughs) For one, what Matt was saying was totally right. And then in that scene where he's like, I want to talk to you about my relationship with my wife. And he's talking to his wife, but he doesn't know that he's talking to his wife. That's a great spot for her to be like, wait, it's actually me. And you can like have that, that conversation then instead of let's drag this out for like the rest of the day and let me get kidnapped and all this. But really that is, that's secondary as far as I'm concerned. The worst thing about this movie is that it felt like it was just a gimmick. Let's see 
how many Vanessa Hudgenses we can get on the screen at one time. I'm just waiting for the Princess Switch 3 when there are going to be five of them and four she says of them no. have horrible British she accents. Said, she said no, she but no. she also joked yes at one point. Like, we don't know. I, you know, and there's going to be more because, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to Mav's grand theory. Um, Not a grand theory. I'm positive. I'm, I'm so excited about this. Oh, I, by grand, I, di- I didn't mean like grand as an okay. I meant like grand as in, yeah. It's, yes. Yeah. It's like a thing that's happening. Um. So, but, but I think that like, I, I have this theory that Netflix released the Christmas Inheritance. Mm-hmm. Which is like literally the most compulsive, like heterosexual, like small town. Um, <laughs> it is very like, formulaic. Go back to re- it, it's not just the formula. It's like it follows the formula to the point that like it's really toxic. Josh, do you remember watching this and like booing the two men she's supposed to choose between because they're both mean to her when she's super nice and like they mistreat her as if she's like some selfish girl who needs to like learn her lesson because that's what the plot dictates, even though the character doesn't fit the plot. Definitely. <laughs> um. I have this, so I have this theory that that movie, they were like, oh, we got to do something more. And like, maybe it's like not enough for Charlie, but the princess switch Two is enough for me. And I will say having watched Royal Baby for this <laughs> podcast, and that truly was like too much for me. I thought I, I was texting Mav and I was like, I hate this so much. Yeah. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I will say it was a better movie than I thought it was going to be, but my opinion of it was so low for like all the reasons that it, that they threw in some conversations about being scared to like parents where like guys like talk to each other positively and women talk to each other positively. Like the bar was so low at that point. I was like, oh, well, this is nice, I guess. So I'm going to admit a Christmas Prince three royal baby. I've not watched yet. I watched the first two and I, I, I want to like them, but I just, <laughs> I don't care about anybody. I don't care about oh, anybody at like all. Them. I actually it, like, I mean, I think you're right on Christmas inheritance and yet Christmas inheritance is a better movie because the people from Christmas Prince are not on screen. You are, they're the most bland <laughs> formulaic. It's like, yes, I get it. You're in love with a prince. And then why is this the problem already? And okay, I guess, but is it really a problem for three fucking movies? Get over yourself. Like, it's just like, like there's so much, it, it there's just so much going on there that it's just, eh, and I, 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 I was, I tired of them very, very quickly, except now I am ridiculously excited about it. Like, cause I don't need to go and just, I know most of our, our, our listeners aren't going to watch most of these films, though you should because they are delightful and they make you smile. This is one you can skip, but you do. Yeah, need, you can skip it. Or actually, this is three of them that you can skip, but you mm-hmm. do need to be aware of them because you need to understand who the Christmas Prince people are for when they show up to join the Avengers initiative and fight Thanos. And no, I did not just randomly go to another movie. Um, that's apparently happening. <laughs> Because at the end of The Princess Switch 2, mm-hmm. the characters from the Christmas Prince franchise make an appearance at a coronation. And yeah, it's 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 setting up mm-hmm. some crossover potential, which and people on the Internet have joked about for years about right. Hallmark forming an Avengers initiative. Well, but, but this is I not, think Netflix, Netflix is going for it because yeah, it's not Netflix only that. Do it first. Also, um, let's see. The people in Christmas Inheritance refer to them. The people in um, in uh, 
What else what did I watch? Uh, the, oh, the what was the the Christmas calendar? They were like, there's lots of little references to these uh, to these two countries. It's in it's in Night Before Christmas as well. Um, her acorn ornaments and stuff come from Aldovia. Their mother brought them back when you know during a trip there. So clearly, Vanessa Hudgens' other character from Night Before Christmas also exists in the same universe as the Prince of Switch. So, and since he's the only one who can fight, I assume they're going to need him when they fight Thanos. Um, <laughs> so I feel well, there like you go, Charlie. There are four Vanessa Hutchinses. Oh, yes, no. that's it. yes, there are at least four. Two Vin- are American. At least two aren't having the cringe accent. Yes, yeah, there are at least four well, Vanessa Hutchins in this in 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 this universe. And like I, I and I have so many questions, and that I am there for because. Like seriously, Princess Switch Two all but ends with Nick Fury coming out and saying, "Let's join the Avengers Initiative," and then especially because Night Before Christmas also ends with sequel bait. Like I, I see where they're going, and they're just you know they did it slowly and subtly, <laughs> and I and I don't know that they're going to get like the Christmas Inheritance people back. Um, Please don't. They could probably get the Christmas Calendar people back. I didn't love that movie either. That movie, uh, Christmas Calendar, was like okay. You know, these bland, you know, the more bland of these movies, we can do one with black people too. diversity. Like there's no, I mean, it's just like, all right, I, I mean, it's fine, but it, but like the innovative thing about it is just that it's not an all white cast, which I appreciate, but the movie is frankly really boring and <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's a yeah, lot of, but again, but, magic exists in this world. And so you can have multiple Vanessa Hudgens all over the place. But like, and part of the thing we talked about, um, in our original show was that Hallmark movies are famous for not only repeating the same plots, but casting the same actors who all are like extremely white Mm -hmm. and play extremely straight characters. And at the time it was like, but is there actually like a happy Christmas film that features? And at the time there, I believe Christmas calendar was out and some other films um, that featured non-white people besides Vanessa Hudgens. Um, So like, you know, that, that was starting to change, but was there like an LGBTQ couple on screen? Not yet, but there is now. There, there are multiple movies that feature. Well, yeah, and one of them is good. I mean, like one of them. Um, well, uh, excuse me. I enjoyed the Christmas House, and since nobody else watched it, I will just explain it for like ten seconds. It's about a family, and the parents are going through a change in their lives because they're retired and trying to figure out what to do. Uh, there's the son who I mentioned who acts um, in L.A. and his show might get canceled and he reunites with his like childhood sweetheart um, and tries to like see where he fits into her life. And then the third plot line is there is a gay couple who is one of whom is the brother of the TV actor and they are waiting for a call about whether or not their adoption will be finalized. So it's all very, it's like, it's a very sweet film. Like nothing real bad happens. It's, it's like all happy. There's, there are conversations that feel like they're like two conversations that actually feel like real humans are having them trying to work through their emotions. They're like, they get to bring a baby home for Christmas. I'm not going to lie. I cried. I teared up. It was a happy, like problem free movie that like, if you want to escape, you can escape. Um, (laughs) so, so they're still mostly white casts. But, you know, it's Hallmark. So, but, but there is also the movie everyone else watched, which is happiest season. I liked it. I think I, I, I think I liked it a lot. I, okay, okay. So here's, here's, complicated. Where, yeah, here's where we're getting into, you know, this, this show thus far 
And I, you know, I kind of wonder if people are sticking with the show or if they just gave up when they realized what we were going to talk about. Cause like we sort of are saving the, um, the, the more interesting films for later on. <laughs> like the, the other, the earlier friend films are very simple and simplistic. I like where they went with this because unlike, and it's called, it's called the holiday calendar. I called it the Christmas calendar. I was wrong. It's called the holiday calendar, which is essentially the same formulaic rom-com, but with black people instead of white people, um, except for the token white mom, like just, I guess she's actually biracial because the mother is played by a white actress and it's never acknowledged at all because in happy Christmas land um, cities, like no racism doesn't exist. Everyone's just happy. There's no sexism. There's no racism. It's just, yay. Um, and which is fine, but that movie, it, they, they really just recycled. I mean, that plot could have been anybody. It's like, yeah, I've got my regular job of being a photographer and I'm trapped between two boys and I've got to get my career going and Christmas spirit and magic. So everything works out in the end. That's holiday calendar. And then we have the Hulu film, the happiest season, which is what happens if we make a, you know, frankly, kind of delightful holiday Christmas movie, but we make the characters gay. We're just going to make this the story of a couple of lesbians. And I, I liked it. Um, I have issues with the end and, and we'll get to that, but, um, but not the issues the internet mostly seems to have with the end. I, for the, for the plot, basically a woman decides to take her girlfriend home for Christmas and the girlfriend's thinking, this is my perfect, uh, my perfect chance to propose only halfway, halfway to her parents' house. She says, by the way, my parents don't know I'm a lesbian, you know, so let's keep this on the down low. And it's like, well, couldn't you tell me this before we get in the car? Yeah, I probably should have, but we're here. Hi, mom and dad. And that's, that's, that's how the movie starts. And then they have to like, sort of, you know, how do you deal with dating? So it's like, you're trying to negotiate Christmas, but also how do you deal with dating somebody who's not out? And I, so one of the complaints that I saw from a lot of people were, was why does every gay romance need to be about, you know, about coming out of the closet? You know, we have other stories and I agree. I, I, I do agree with that, but I don't, I don't think this is a movie that's a, I mean, it was written by a lesbian and directed by, but I don't think this is a movie about gay romance so much as it's a movie about repressed people learning to accept the gay people in their life. So I think it's a movie for straight people is what I'm saying. Does that make, I mean, does anybody agree or disagree? I definitely think that there were, if, if not written entirely for straight people in some ways, there are definitely scenes where I felt like the movie was like purposefully explaining things uh, to people who might not understand because they've never had to experience, mm -hmm. you know, the same situations as the main characters. Yeah. Um, I, this is, this is complicated. Uh, like the, the film, because, and, and for, for the record, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people who responded to the question about why does every movie have to be about coming out? A lot of people are like, well, it's still really relevant in 2020. Right. Um, a lot of people still have hard times and, um, uh, the Christmas house for the record, um, is not about coming out. If you're looking for mm -hmm. a plot line that is about a little, something a little different. Um, but I, I, I really love like, uh, this actually was supposed to come out in theaters, um, but mm -hmm. COVID, um, you can tell it, I kind of uh, thought that <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, you can it was, tell it was filmed for more. It was filmed for more than $72 and 57 cents, which is the, which is the budget of most of these films. <laughs> uh, I will say that uh, Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza were 
absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought like the first fifteen minutes were great, and, and, and I, I I as I was watching the film, I once again texted Mav because apparently um, you've by default become my like Christmas movie buddy. Um, that they say the words heteronormativity and patriarchy in the first ten minutes, ten minutes so easily, like yeah. you know, <laughs> they know what like what the genre is and like what they're speaking to, and I actually felt like this movie was a lot like Meet the Parents. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, because Meet the Parents. Uh, for those of you who don't remember that movie, which is very much a holiday film as well, um, Ben Stiller goes home with his girlfriend, hoping to propose. And then a series of things like go wrong and the father is very stern, played by Robert De Niro as a secret CIA agent who does not like Greg and will not give him a chance. And there's a delightful cat named Jinx, um, (laughs) which I will say um, is the best part of the film. And then, like, you know, eventually things work out. But I think there were a lot of reasons that this film was just kind of more depressing than maybe you're looking for if you're looking for a straight up happy holiday film. It's, yeah, because it's not a straight up happy holiday film. Like you said, it was supposed to come out in theaters. And I it's it's not this is a real this is a this is it's got funny moments, but it's it's meant to be a romance, not a it, it wasn't meant for, uh, you know, thoughtless, feel good Netflix Hallmark, you know, holiday movie. That just happened because of COVID, right? So I liked it a lot. Before we get to the the scene that everyone's talking about, I'm just curious from you know our guests, what did you guys did you guys like it or because Hannah and I are gonna are gonna approach it like you know snobby lit nerds because that's what we I mean, do. I mean, Charlie's also snobby lit nerd. That's true. Charlie, did you like it or did you feel the same way? Um, I don't know. I the thing I didn't really like about it is that you know in lots of these movies you sort of feel like there's a a relationship there and you like watch people grow into their relationships and it it didn't it didn't feel like it was an equal equal relationship here it felt like yeah like we should um, should come back to that because i I think that's gonna i think you're gonna end up having the same problem with the ending that i did mary just general thoughts Okay. As like a movie viewing experience, I was like, okay, that was fine. That, you know, I'm not mad that I spent an hour and 40 minutes watching this. But I personally, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Charlie. It's like, bam, here are, you know, your, here's your couple. Here's a huge issue, aka one person in the couple lying to the other for essentially months, right? And then revealing that mm-hmm. she's lied when the other person is trapped and can has essentially no other option except to go along with this lie. And then putting your partner in repeatedly terrible situation. Like, I just had a huge issue with their mm-hmm. relationship. I was just going to say that to back up your point, there's a scene in the middle of the movie where Harper, the girlfriend who's taking Kristen Stewart home. Played by um, Mackenzie Davis, by the way, who is great. Yeah. She's she's yeah. really good. And for people who don't know Mackenzie Davis, probably her, her most famous role before this was that she starred in the Terminator movie from last year that nobody saw. <laughs> but yeah, so they go out with some friends and Abby, Kristen Stewart's character, is invited. And once she gets there, Harper just straight up ignores her. And let me just say, I have taken friends home for 
like um, our annual art festival. Josh has come home with me numerous times, both when we were friends and now when we're dating. And I, at, at times when we were there, I went out and saw friends and I would take those other friends with me. But never did I ignore the people I cared about that were visiting who didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. Like I made sure they were comfortable because that's just like the basic bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, like repeated. I think that like, maybe this is like what annoyed everybody. And Josh, you can jump in. Yeah. I want to hear what Josh in. says too. Because um, before, just, I wanna, just in yeah. case he actually liked the movie. Um, but like there's just repeated, like me, like little mean things from the family, mm-hmm. from Harper. And it was like, but why should we like, see any like redemptive qualities in these people besides Abby and Riley. Mm-hmm. I liked them. Continue, Josh. Oh, well, I, I would just say that I, I enjoyed the movie more than the usual Christmas movie. It was trying to say something interesting Has a has a great cast. Uh, I mean, to Hannah's point about the family being kind of irredeemable. I mean, it's kind of, they're all kind of terrible people. That seem- Jane's okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Jane, yeah, 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 Jane, Jane, Jane is a delight. Um, but they are like, they mistreat her. Like she's their daughter. They gave up on Jane because mm-hmm. she's like socially awkward, even though and she was yeah. five. They gave yeah. up on her when and she so, was like, five. They and say they're, so. like, they're rude to like Abby as a guest. It doesn't matter if she's a significant other or not. Like they're just straight up rude mm-hmm. to her. Um, they, yes. You know, they like they keep like trying to push Harper with her like ex. Okay, so that was my problem. My problem, and I I understand, Nessie. I'm not I'm not a lesbian coming out or having come out, or so I I I get why it might be annoying to people to see that story over and over again who have who want a new story. My problem with it had nothing to do with them being gay. My problem with the movie had to do with fuck you, Harper. Okay, (laughs) like like I understand that in real life relationships are complicated and people will have fights. And I even liked the fight. I thought um, so. Clea Duvall, who wrote and directed it, along with Mary Holland, who plays Jane, they wrote and they wrote it together. Clea Duvall directed it. And Clea says that this is based on real experiences in her life. And she wanted to have so okay again spoilers for the end scene not the end scene but towards the end um because harper cannot admit that she's a lesbian and because everyone in the film is awful in a plea for her parents attention and love her sister outs her at a massive party her, her dad's running for like congress or something or mayor, uh, I don't mayor. Know, mayor. okay yeah, yeah. Mayor. And, he, and like and, and harper is begging like she's crying begging for her sister to not do yes, this and her sister outs her and then and then harper rather than acknowledging she lies and she says i am not, okay. so the, the sister outs her um and says the sister played by allison brie who's also great in this film um says harper's a lesbian as abby is her lover ha how do you like that and faced in this you know this massive crisis moment harper says no i'm not we're just friends this devastates abby abby leaves i love that scene and oh yeah that, that that's great. And i understand and, um, what and i understand why and, and it leads up and it leads to a scene where dan levy who plays uh abby's male best friend has to explain to her he's like he says what was it like when you came out and she said my parents were very were very supportive and he's like mine weren't i didn't talk to them for for years after that everybody's story is different and and she wasn't ready yet and he really breaks down the theme of the movie and just says look it's like what she did to you was awful but you have to understand what she's going through too and i felt bad for her in that moment what i didn't like was because then the movie's over and they just get back together. And I do believe that in a real relationship, 
given six months of begging and really hard work, you know, maybe things can be all right for this couple. But given that I just watched Harper and her entire family be complete and total assholes for 80 minutes, I don't need to see them get back together in, t- in a two minute conversation. I just don't buy it. And it irritated me because I was like, because I was like, I don't like you. I don't like anybody in this movie except for Riley, Jane and and, and Abby. And I, I think some other people say, well, why don't Abby and Riley get together? And like, because people can be just friends and that's great. I love that they that not, you know, they didn't just have to hook up because they were also lesbians. I, I like that Abby and Riley didn't end up together. I just didn't want her to end up with Harper unless I had another, I needed 15 minutes or something. There just wasn't anything there because I didn't feel like she earned it or learned anything. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Like it was just Harper manipulating Abby the entire time I felt through the very end. And if I were Abby, I would be like, I'm getting in the car with Dan Levy. You can call me in a week and maybe we can talk about this. Yes. Well, we're, we're also, uh, we haven't talked about the very, very end, which is Harper and Abby yeah. go back. And then suddenly, it's like, a Christmas miracle. The entire family <laughs> has changed. And I mean, like, I'm not saying you should. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying you shouldn't forgive people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying people can't change. I'm saying that your sister just maliciously <laughs> outed you. And suddenly, it's fine. And your sister maliciously out at you because her husband, she and her husband have broken up and they are, you know, they're, they're working on, or they're not actually working on their relationship anymore. They, she's bitter because her and her, her marriage is broken apart and nobody knows. And they, he has a girlfriend now and they, you know, she was in a bad place, but then they're all suddenly, suddenly okay. Basically Christmas morning, there's a Christmas miracle and everyone's just wonderful. Yeah. Like, like the, the parents who like, and, and you have to understand the parents are so terrible in this, that the motivation were given for the sisters trying to torture each other yes. is because their parents have pitted them against each other to be perfect their entire lives. And it takes them. And that's not their imagination. Yeah. The parents say so. Yeah. The parents basically acknowledge that that's what they've been doing. And, they, and it takes them 20 seconds to flip. And I think that, you know, the, the reason why, um, you know, like, I mean, like, just, just, it just, it, it, it's like, like the meet the parents can flip the switch because they're redeemable qualities mm-hmm. in the characters. And the only person who's really a jerk is Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller just kind of has the worst luck in the world, but that's not this movie. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, and I think for all the other movies we've talked about so far, like there's the, the plot of all the Princess Switch movies, all the Christmas Prince, uh, you know, these movies are ridiculous. And I actually think delightful in their ridiculousness. And therefore the bar is lower. Yes. It, and like that, that, I think, yeah, this one like tackles very serious topics and doesn't stick the landing to say the least mm-hmm. in how certain like very serious issues are handled, which is why I think we're being far more critical of this than, you know, the night before Christmas is the best movie ever. Four out of ten. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just when you try to be that realistic and when you try to be that dramatic, you just have to, you know, the rules are different. Like you, to earn it, to get there, the, the ending of this film belonged in a Netflix or Hallmark movie. It didn't belong. It it didn't belong in the movie that they gave it to. They gave it to us in. Yeah. It felt, it felt sort of like, um, like the plays that I read, like Shakespeare's plays, you know, like the winter's tale. Oh, everything is forgiven and everything's great now. Um, just sort of that, that contrived ending that, <laughs> that rings hollow. 
at the end. Meanwhile, it's like, Hermione, run away. Exactly. Can you be in a statue? Yeah. You'll be better off. I was just thinking, can you think of like if, if Macbeth or Romeo and Juliet or any of the tra- other tragedies ended with, and then we gave them CPR and everybody was fine. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> and, what? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, oh. well, and I don't know. So I just, I, I think people should see this movie. I do think people are being too hard on it. And yet I'm still being hard on it. I mean, like this podcast is us being hard on like the entire Stuff. world. Right. Depending on the topic of the week. Uh, so, um, so, okay. So given my feelings on this movie being better than like, it's trying to be a better movie than what the Hallmark films have done and what the Netflix films have done. This sort of returns me to where I started when we when we started the show, what I said, what I said at the beginning about what I believe may be the greatest, not Christmas film, not film, but piece of literature, the finest art ever produced on this planet. (laughs) Dolly Parton's Parton's (laughs) Christmas Square. Okay, um, Josh. The moment has arrived. Josh, you picked this one. Um, so why don't you explain the plot to us? Yes, please. Because not everyone will have watched it, and it doesn't matter if you know the plot because it's no, a no, not, a, not at all. This is not a this is this is not a film that can be contained simply with plot. So I will I will say this about the plot of the movie. It's, it's messed up. It's titled A Christmas on the Square. There's a great opening number explaining the setting up the square. I feel like I'm watching you know, the high school revival of old of, of our town. By the end of the movie, I'd forgotten what the title of the film was because the square never comes up again. It didn't matter. It never. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but but loosely, the, the plot is a uh, local woman has made her fortune somewhere. and she, she basically has bought out her hometown and now she's cashing in and selling it to a developer to build a mall. And the town is coming together to fight her. There's a, there's a, a pastor. There's a pastor. There's a, a baby given up for adoption subplot. There's a ex- no, no, not given up for adoption. Forcibly taken away as the girl cries and begs her father not to take her baby away. There's a there's yes. a high school lovers reunited subplot. There's, there's there's a song where they talk about fertility treatments. Yeah, the, the pastor's wife is talking about her fertility treatments. And who is Dolly Parton? There's Dolly Parton is, an, Dolly Parton is an angel who is training us an angel who is she's training another angel, but she also magically changes sizes and is put into a car cup holder at one point. She wears a lot of rhinestones. A lot of rhinestones. Josh, I oh, definitely thought you meant yeah. that like Dolly Parton is just an angel. And I thought to myself, <laughs> yes, she is. Thank the Lord for Dolly Parton. <laughs> and now, now I'm about to speak. Carolina, Tennessee line would agree with that. Um, but oh, at, at one point, Josh and I thought that this was going to be a movie about like economics and like really speaking to COVID and like kind of for like 10 seconds. Uh, but mostly it's a female version of A Christmas Carol, but the most messed up version you could ever imagine because her evil See. origin story is her father, who's supposed to be a good guy, who's trying to keep the rents low and the spirits high, forcefully takes away her baby because her town's going to judge her because she got pregnant out of wedlock. What the hell? I love this movie. See, <laughs> see, I I think you're selling it short by just saying it's just a Christmas Carol. I mean, a Christmas Carol is a, is a, is a story. When was it written originally? Uh, like 1834, 18, I want to say. Okay, it's had a 180 year run, 190 year run. 
this film is going to be with us for a millennia. People will be studying this. <laughs> like, I, I believe religions will be based around this film. This is the greatest movie I've it's ever The Canterbury seen. Tales of Our Time. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. I, got the, I got it transposed. It's 1843, A Christmas Carol. Okay, oh, wow. See, you know, not even two centuries. I mean, tawdry is just but a dalliance. <laughs> okay, so I knew a little bit because, again, as Hannah said, she texted me. So, uh, Mary, Charlie, have you guys watched this or no? no? No, but I know what we're watching this weekend. Yeah. Yes, you have to. Okay. Hannah texts me and tells me first, she just the first thing was she told me Josh said we have to watch this. It's got Dolly Parton in it. And I'm like, okay, great. Then she says, okay, this is fucked up. But the first, yeah, and then and then it's like there's a song in the beginning about fertility treatments in this Christmas movie. So now I'm in. I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to know anything there, else. There is some very clever wordplay and lyrics. I mean, Dolly Parton is still a strong songwriter. This is yeah. just it's such yeah. a mismatch this, of themes and, and and I want you to and I want you to understand. Dolly Parton was does she direct it? No, she wrote no. the songs. She but she, she does produce it. She's a producer on the film. She greenlights, produces, and stars in this film while personally curing COVID. Because remember, that's what the, that's going on at the same time. <laughs> she's funding the research that, that leads to the COVID vaccine because she's a delightful woman. So, so I really want to pick apart what's going on here because I'm watching this and there's the fertility subplot. So my first thought was in the opening number when they're just saying about the square that doesn't come back. You know, it's very much like the room. You know, there's genius to this that we just have to understand. Oh, we have no. to peel back the layers of the onion. <laughs> um, my first thought when they're when they're there um, is you Dolly Parton shows up and she's disguised as a beggar. They say she's homeless. She's the homeless woman in town. But she is the sexiest homeless woman you've ever seen because because she's Dolly Parton and Dolly Parton is not going to be a hobo without having impeccable makeup. So she's got perfect eyebrows, right? You know, she's I'm like, oh, and 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 she, and she shows up. I didn't know she was supposed to be homeless until, you know, the main character, the Scrooge character looks at her and says, oh, there's homeless here now. And Dolly's like, yes, and there will be more of us. And and I'm like, you're supposed to be homeless because I just thought you were a rich woman in a, in a snazzy, you know, gray hood. You know, <laughs> like she's got like suede. <laughs> and, oh, oh, and, perfect oh, and we haven't talked about the fact that Dolly Parton basically implies that she causes an accident of a little girl so that that killed her I mother. Mean, well, well, no, no, like, like the yeah, like. Oh no, that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dolly Parton. Yeah, so, that's so later. Dolly Parton like to change to take the Tiny Tim character, if you will, who does not have a disability, but whose mother died because she got caught. Well, in that when it starts. Um. Well, she yeah. So the little girl. This makes no sense. Probably anyone listening to this summary. Little girl goes into an accident. Dolly Parton's like. See, fates have changed. This is part one of the plan. And Josh and I are like, God arranged yeah. for a little kid to get brain damage so Christine Baranski can fly in a surgeon and show her care. And then, like, she is, it's like the same, like, you know, Christmas thing. She, she like, sings a song about forgiveness in the church. And suddenly, everyone who she's, like, displaced is like, we forgive you. It's fine. We understand that you were, like, put through a tough situation. And, like, it's. Well, your baby was still. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, it's. It's great that like there's more human understanding in the world, but also like she was evicting them and making their lives harder for a long time because she was Scrooge, you know? Yeah. See, see, this is this is why I'm loving this film, right? Because, again, 
I'm not sure Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is an angel named Angel. And but or at least that's how she describes herself. She might be the god of this universe. Like <laughs> she because she does. She, you know, she in order to bring the town together, she causes a car wreck that critically injures a little girl and she almost dies. There is a delightful song where the father of the little girl sings to his you know, critical condition daughter telling her it's okay to die and go be with mama. And I'm like, holy shit, what am I watching? <laughs> this is amazing, right? I forgot that happened. And, but yeah. So much, oh, so yeah. much in this movie happens. Like, it's like every Christmas trope, in fact, except for... Yeah. And that's what I think. I think Dolly understands what she's go- what's going on. Dolly said, I actually love these movies that, you know, that we've been talking. Dolly has watched every Netflix movie. She's watched every Hallmark movie. She's watched every Lifetime movie. And then she said, I'm going to do them all <laughs> in, 90, in 96 minutes. I got 96 minutes to get them in and really more like 76 minutes because I got to work in like four musical numbers. You know? <laughs> you know, so she so she really there is. So so and, I, and I'm getting I'm watching this. There's a point where, again, I, and I, I want to make fun of it because I do that. You know, I'm just making, you know, they're, they're, they're silly, goofy movies. And there's the point where there's a, where a typical high school musical kind of scenario um, in a flashback. We, we learned that the that the what's Christine Bransky's character's name? Regina, because all mean people Regina. are named Regina, apparently. Like if you go to Mean Girls or Once Upon a Time or this movie yes. anyway. OK, so Regina, the the main character is oh she she may or may not have a brain tumor that's like a subplot in this film you know and then she doesn't so it's okay but like there's a there's a, there's a brain tumor subplot so she's so she's having an out-of-body experience while she's having her mri and the brain tumor and that's when we get to see her past when she was a teenage girl defying her daddy's wishes and you know and dating like a, a, a townie boy and the dad's like well he's trouble you should stay with him but he but she doesn't anyway because they're in love and then she sees the she sees the the boy talking to another girl and they've got a ring and she thinks that the boy is like proposing to the other girl but really he was just gonna give it to her but anyway she's she's devastated and i'm watching this with my wife and i said and I, and I, and i and i go wow and she's like devastated because oh i've been left by this boy at the dance and i'm like so what's she gonna go what's she gonna do now go go and fuck a carny and you know what she does in the next scene she fucks a carny not graphically because this in is a, a family movie, movie. A family movie. Yeah. Well, they, no, where no. Dolly Parton impregnates someone. Actually, yes. Magic. <laughs> that was my next thing. <laughs> like, so Regina. So Regina. Like, and you're right. You're, you're right. We don't see her have sex with the carny. We see. We see her meet another boy, and then they and they smile at each other. And then the next scene is her on a exam table talking about how she's pregnant, and the boy left town and went on to the next town and the next girl. And I'm like, he was a carny. Anyway, so this movie's a lot. And then yes, and, and yeah, and then you're right. And, and then then like later in the, and then like a couple scenes later so you find out oh, she's got a she's got a kid who she gave up for adoption and then it's clearly either the preacher or the preacher's wife because there's only so many named characters in the film. So so I'm like, okay, they're the right age. And then in the next scene, and I'm glad you interpret it the same way as I do, Hannah. Because I'm pretty sure Angel slash God Dolly Parton, this is why I think she might be God, impregnates the preacher's wife. Also, I think like we should like mention that um, none of these films that we've talked about up until now uh, really like talk about Christmas in the religious sense. Like Hallmark famously is like Christmas is a, you know, a secular feeling. 
time for families. Time yeah, for family. giving holiday. And like Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square is like the like is like the most secular like religious you could be in some ways, but also simultaneously like weirdly religious. Like at one point, the pastor's like, <sighs> "I want to tell you a sermon about a young girl who was pregnant." I was like, "Oh, like this is going to be like some Mary parallel, and it's like about his mother." Um, it's yeah. just weird. It's just strange, and I just. I don't know what to do with this film except say it's really messed up. In fact, if people like one critique people have about Happy Season is like it was genuinely upsetting for them to watch, either because of personal experiences or because, um, as you heard our reactions, it's in some places extremely upsetting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, this this movie, like, I was really really like freaked out, like by the father like taking away the baby, even if. And then, like, Dolly Parton is, like, kind of... From the screaming yes, and mother. Dolly Parton's yeah. like, but he loved you, and that's why he did it, so you should forgive him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Um, so... And it's weird, because, again, at this point, we're aware that Dolly is at least an angel, and quite possibly yeah. God. Like, it's not... It is vague. So it's like, is she <laughs> like, critiquing God? Is she, like, reinforcing <laughs> the patriarchy? Like... Um, so <laughs> um, I will tell you one movie that's not reinforcing the patriarchy. Okay. And and that well. and it will give Josh his chance to shine because uh, he loved it far more than I did. Uh, Disney Plus had a film last year that we finally watched this year, starring Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader, called Noel. I Noel, I haven't seen Noel yet. I'm looking forward to this one. So, so Josh, what what is Noel about? So Noel is the story of the Kringles of the North Pole. Uh, uh, position of Santa is an inherited job passed down from father to son. And this, the current, the current Kringle is played by Bill Hader. He has a rambunctious sister. Played played by by Anna Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Turns out she's far more competent than he is. So he decides to run off on vacation to, to Arizona. To do yoga. To do yoga. And Anna Kendrick is sent to go retrieve him to save Christmas. So she has a bunch of, she gets into a bunch of shenanigans down in Arizona. A lot of, you know, jokes about her winter wardrobe in, in Arizona. Uh, she teams up with a private investigator to track down her brother. Sparks fly. But, uh, there's but a, not quite. There's some sign language. It's a bunch of stuff going on. It's it's a fun little film. That that led to the most sentimental five minutes I think we saw all year. Oh, yeah. There's a, the, the sign language plot line really pays off in the end. Anyway, the point of Noel is that women can be Santa too. <laughs> um, so, like, if you're talking about films trying to break out of formula, but also not break out of formula, that's a pretty like good example. Yeah, and and also, I I guess this is the point where we just summarize everything else. Um, if you're looking for trashy TV, um, it's like The Bachelor. Plus, like, oh Love is Blind, plus, like, Too Hot to Handle. Um, on HBO Max, it's called 12 Dates of Christmas, where three leads, um, which I think actually the first two episodes feature more diversity than the U.S. Bachelor franchise has, like, total. Um, yes. Three leads try and figure out who they want to bring home for Christmas in a castle in Austria, because they can. Um, uh, lots of strange comments by men, because men are weird on dating shows. Lots of strange um, comments by women too. I, oh, this, no. oh, but I, I'm on episode two, and this guy had this okay. thing about like threesomes that I don't want to get into. But okay, because it, 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 it was the grossest thing possible. Um, okay, I mean, I, I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've I've only seen the first one, which I like. I watched, realized I was not going to like it five minutes in, and then kept watching for the next forty minutes and finished it. And um, I think her name's Audrey. Like 
The 26 Angel? year old? No, or no, are you no, talking no. About Angel. Faith, wait, Faith, Angel, Skyler? Skyler. Skyler. Yeah. Uh, no. Sky. I mean, there, there's a lot of people I don't like on this show, but Skyler has serious. And again, I'm, I'm one episode in. Skyler has serious problems. I, you know, I thought we had something. You've known each other for ten minutes. Stop it. Stop. I mean, that Stop. is the entirety of the Bachelor franchise, though. Yes, I, I understand that, which is why I don't watch that show. So, if you don't enjoy the Bachelor, it they they've got three bat. Well, they've got a Bachelor, a Bachelorette, and a gay Bachelor, and they're all doing the Bachelor thing at the same time with the goal of meet somebody, fall in love, and bring them home to your family on Christmas, which is 12 days from now. Mary's anyway. face has just lit up like a Christmas tree. I, I, just I texted you, you about it. I, I texted her about it. I told her to watch it. I mean, I guess I texted her today, so you can't expect it's someone HBO to, Max. you know. It's, it's, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was hard. It was, it, there was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> uh, Josh caught like five minutes of it and was very confused. Um, so 12 dates, the 12 dates of Christmas. Yeah, which is also a, I believe, the title a, of a much ABC better, family movie. Yes, which I also watched today. I watched that right up to make myself feel better. After, <laughs> after watching this Bachelor thing, I had to watch uh, the Amy Smart film, 12 Dates, uh, 12 Dates of Christmas, which is Amy Smart starring as Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day, but on Christmas. That's the film. Um, and then, it's lovely. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot classier, um, to say the least, than some of the contestants on 12 <laughs> Dates of Christmas. Um, yeah. and, and then um, there was Holiday the yes. Netflix and uh, Roberts film uh, with Kristen Chenoweth, who was the best part. I liked, and yeah, yeah I wish. Uh, oh, I was, gonna, I was about to say, so we've resolved nothing, but I just, I do want to talk about Holiday a little bit. Did anybody else watch Holiday besides me we and Hannah? Did. We all did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I liked Holiday. I liked Holiday a lot. I understand why people didn't like it. I liked Holiday a lot. Uh, you know, and legitimately not in the I'm confused and and reevaluating my entire life and career kind of way that the Dolly Parton made movie made. This I thought was a fine romantic comedy. I get why people were put off by some of the I mean, some of the jokes were gross. Some of the it, it was basically it was a rom-com full of people who aren't lovely. And what makes it work is because it, it's, it is a perfectly normal by the numbers. Julia Roberts rom-com starring her niece, Emma Roberts, who who is very much the anti Julia. And that's what made the film work for me. She is everything Julia is not. I will, I will say I didn't like hate the film, but I will say like they I, I, I usually don't care. Um, I'm also like a co-host on this show, so mm -hmm. I'm not precious about much. But I just I thought like some of the cruder jokes were not funny, which like if you're going to have a crude joke, it has to be funny. The bathroom here. Yeah, yeah there, it wasn't necessarily my thing. Like I'm not saying it's not not I'm, I. It wasn't the best movie ever, but I got what they were going for. And I just traditionally, I don't like gross out humor. I very, um, in fact, um, true fact about me, I have a very weak stomach. I don't deal very well with gross out humor. I have to look away sometimes. Um, so it wasn't necessarily funny to me, but I got what they were going for. And I was just like, I, to me, I, what made it work was the meta awareness, like because Emma Roberts is starring in it and she's basically saying to hell with all these romantic comedy movies that my literal aunt stars in, um, even though I'm in one right now. And I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Mary, Charlie, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, what I liked about that is is um, sort of what I haven't liked about all the rest of these movies is you saw them grow. You saw them like 
fall in love with each other or like build a relationship with each other. And so I enjoyed that. I thought the the doctor Kristen Chenoweth subplot was mildly funny. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a while since we watched it, like yeah. a month. It's been a while. Yeah. So it's a little hazy, but um, I, I'm sure I, I agree with the crude humor. I'm sure lots of I, that's how I feel about almost anything that Will Ferrell is in, except for Elf, which may be the second best Christmas movie of all time. Okay, I got to I got to ask, what is the first Christmas vacation has to be? No. No, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Anyway, not not the point of this. Uh, did anyone see Jingle Jangle besides me and Josh? No, I didn't. No. I'll simply say stacked cast. Um, I didn't know um, that Horace Wicker could sing. Um, also, Anika Nani Rose is in it, um, and she is fantastic. And um, it's just very lively. Um, and I, I think it got buried on Netflix. But if you're looking for a family film, like literally about families, about a toy maker, and also some strange robots that float. This is your movie. Uh, and Mav, you watched the Christmas Chronicles too. Yes, I watched Christmas Chronicles two, starring Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, um, Julian Dennison, and then like some other people that you've never heard. Oh, some other people you've never heard of, and for sixty seconds total of, of screen time while he wasn't filming a Fast and Furious or Transformers movie, Tyrese. Eh? Tyrese gets to sing. Yeah, Tyrese sings Christmas carols. It's it's something. Um, and I it is if you saw the Christmas Chronicles one, it's more of that. But it, it's interesting because um, at the end of the first Christmas Chronicles movie, you find out that Mrs. Claus is Goldie Hawn. Um, and since Kurt Russell plays Santa, you know, that's kind of the joke. But she's in it for like the last 10 seconds. She is a legitimate co-star in this film. And what's interesting about it is there's two, there's sort of two kids in the film and they both and Mr. Mr. Claus and Mrs. Claus, um, Santa and Mrs. Claus, she doesn't have a first name. Um, they go off on separate adventures, each with one kid. So she's got a fair amount of screen time. And um, what makes the movie really, really work is that it is a ridiculously stupid plot. It's not a rom-com. It's an adventure story. Um, it's ridiculously goofy and stupid. And everybody in the movie um, is sort of hoping this makes their career. I'm going to be discovered here so I don't have to do stupid Christmas movies forever. Um, except for Julian Dennison, who, um, if you don't know who he, who he was, he was in um, Hunt for the Wilder People and he was in um, Deadpool 2. Um, but him, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell have real careers and they know what film they're in and they have the times of their lives. Kurt Russell, like I, I believe that Kurt Russell, like when he's on screen for any second, he's on screen. I believe this is his favorite film ever that he's ever made. <laughs> like, like, I, like, you know, the man was in you know everything from like being snake Plissken all the way up to being guardians of the galaxy. I believe that this is him going, this has led me to this moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know. But, but do you think that he had a better time doing this film than he did doing sky high? Yes. <laughs> and yes. it looked like everyone was having a lot of fun. Yes. In, yeah. And uh, so Sky High, I think he's good in. He's funny in it. It's I, I think he wants Sky High to be a, a be a better movie than it is. Um, it's an amazing movie. No, no, it, it's it's a fun movie. <laughs> it is. It is. It is Batman. 60s mm -hmm. Batman for like the aughts kids. 
Um, I, I, I think I think Kurt Russell was trying to elevate Sky High. Kurt Russell is not trying to elevate the Christmas Chronicles <laughs> fantasy. He knows what he's doing. He does not care. This is this is a movie about Santa Claus who's kind of a rock star. And, you know, we're just going to have a musical number here. It's not a musical. It's not like the Dolly Parton movie. It's just that Santa, you know, every once in a while, and this isn't the first one as well. Every once in a while, Santa just feels the need to rock. <laughs> and so he's going to and don't stop him. He's Kurt Russell. <laughs> and, and like, don't make Santa mad because Santa will throw down with you. And, you know, and it, like it's <laughs> but not in a bad way. It's not like bad Santa. This is it, it's you you just you kind of go i i want to hang with santa claus and that's what the films are about so you know i i, I say watch that one all right so i guess so now we've resolved nothing we've resolved nothing except does anyone any of our guests have any final thoughts before we close <laughs> go ahead well, I, would, I would just slice josh i'd just like to, to chime in i think uh rebecca alter over at vulture has written a great write-up of the christmas movies this year it's called oh no there are 82 new christmas movies this year <laughs> And she went, she went all in and wrote summaries of most of these movies. They're fantastic. You should check it out at Vulture. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll send it to you. I'm, I'm personally looking forward to Christmas Chronicles 2 for the Russell Hahn team up. Looking forward to Operation Christmas Drop on Netflix. It's a, rom-com, it's a rom-com about a humanitarian airlift. <laughs> Lifetime's got a bunch of features. I'm looking forward to the Christmas Yule blog. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And fans of The Good Place may also like Christmas on Wheels. And then, and then, and then finally, you know, the holiday stalwart Hallmark has the third entry of the Godwink franchise, Second Chance, First Love. It's also got Christmas in Vienna, The Christmas Carousel, one of two Christmas Carousel movies on different networks this year. And then finally, my personal favorite title, Jingle Bell Bride. <laughs> yeah, so what you're saying is, is I create a monster by getting you into this nonsense. So there, there's just a lot to look forward to this season. I am very thankful. All right, Charlie, Mary, you got anything? I think we're both really looking forward to that Dolly Parton movie. Definitely. <laughs> and maybe even Noel. Yeah, and maybe I, Jingle Bell. I'm looking Jingle. forward to Noel. Yeah. And maybe uh, Jingle person, Bell Bride. <laughs> one person in this house, I won't say who, cried for a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, over Noel. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be under Christmas, Christmas at the Square. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I there's very real emotion in Christmas at the Square. In the scene, I was not prepared for the scene where a father, you know, le- leans over his daughter who's in the hospital and sings a ballad telling her it's okay to die. And I'm like, that may be the wow. most moving scene in any film this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And this guy goes for it. I mean, like, it's not I mean, like again. These these films are mostly composed of actors who who can't get better roles. You'll have you know have a Kurt Russell in there, but most of them are most of them are people who you've never seen or heard of before. This guy is like you know like basically he 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 leans over his wow. unconscious daughter in the bed, major head wound. Probably not going to make it. And and I, and I can see he's going for Emmy, Oscar, Tony, Grammy. Can I get them all? Can I EGOT on just this one performance? <laughs> the answer is no. That's not how qualifying works. Um, no. And, and yeah, but he tried. He did his best. 
I I don't even know how to close out this show after that <laughs> because I mean the Christmas on the Square is a lot. That's all I have to say. Um, I I am having Dolly Parton. Yeah, so is Dolly Parton. Yeah, but like working nine to five, like you can get behind that message. I don't know if I can get behind Christmas on the Square's message because it's so. We we need more time. We just gotta. gotta, I'm I'm telling you, like you know what, Matt? For the rest of our Christmas season, we have a reason to check in. We can check in for our listeners about how we feel about Christmas on the Square and also probably end up annoying our co-hosts by doing so. Um. Uh, That's what they get for not showing up. But thank you for the three of you who did. Uh, Josh, anything to plug? Just that one article. <laughs> okay. Like you don't, you don't even want to plug that's, that's yourself. What, that's what I'm going to be doing for the next solid month. Is just working my way through those movies. Oh, films. <laughs> I've watched. I mean, I literally, I've watched for this show. I watched like ten in the last week. So, <laughs> uh, Mary. Yeah. If anybody out there's looking for Christmas gifts, you guys should check out Kentuck Art Center www.kintuck.org slash shop. You'll be Alabama non-Alabama non-profit and artists. And I can attest to that they have some very beautiful glass-blown ornaments. One is literally hanging on my tree that we decorated as we recorded this show. <laughs> and Charlie. I got nothing. I was going to plug the the Hudson Strode program in Renaissance Studies at the University of Alabama, but the deadline to apply is tomorrow, and I doubt this gets put out tomorrow. No. But if you're looking no, for no. the next cycle, apply. Come to the University <laughs> of Alabama. <laughs> Palindrome Hannah, where can people find you? I mean, you can technically find me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers, but honestly, you won't hear much from me. Uh, you can find the show. Uh, where I've been posting blogs on com, where you can leave comments. Ooh, also, okay, you can donate to your local food bank because oh. it's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas, and yes, we'll, we will leave the we will leave the food bank links to um, feedingamerica.org in the show notes as well. And now you've thrown me off because you've plugged the website, and that's like in the middle of my plugs. And I'm, I don't sorry, know how to, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just it's trying okay. to get in. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the places at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show on all of social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, always at Vox Popcast and follow the show's YouTube channel. This should be a really, really interesting YouTube show this week because there's, I mean... It's Christmas on the square. Yeah, for Christmas on the square alone, the images that I'm going to have to like show, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, if you follow our YouTube channel... You can listen to the show and see examples of what we're talking about as we talk about them. We usually put up clips and things like that. It's going to be very, very bizarre. Um, also, if you enjoy the show, we certainly hope you do. Then subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor. Leave us a five star review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a review, not just a rating, but a review that gooses the algorithm, helps other people find the show makes us happy a bell rings an angel gets its wings all the christmas stuff now that's scientifically proven that's don't even look it up just trust me that all happens leave us a review leave us a review talking about how you know this this podcast changed your life because it introduced you to christmas (laughs) square Oh God! And eugenics bad. Oh man! <laughs> I little marks the show. I'm getting loopy. It's late. 
I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought Form Music for epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us. I'd like to thank you at home for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. That's it. That's it. I am through. I'm done with this. Where do you think you're going? And don't lie, you know I can read your mind. (sighs) 